Welcome back to Throne Hands, episode 99, as we will be previewing the first card of 2021, Fight Night, Kate, uh, Holloway versus Cater. Daniel, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Back back at it. Uh, a little bit of an equipment upgrade on my end as well, so hopefully we'll be bringing, uh, bringing the people some better quality podcasts as we uh, branch out into 2020. For sure. And to start off uh, this uh 2021 year with when it comes to previews to start off with a pretty good fight to start off the main card Punalele Soriano versus Dusko Todorovic. Soriano hasn't fought in a batty in over a year and Todorovic coming off a nice one in Fight Island. I mean these two guys can both these two can both pack a punch and they can both get on the ground get done on the ground. What's, what's your thought on this, thoughts on this matchup? I'm not expecting this fight to go very long. Like you said, uh, two guys that are great finishers. And uh, that's what I've noticed the most from these two. Uh, Soriano, a little bit more consistent with finishing people on the ground, had a rear naked choke win in LFA. His only fight in LFA, he jumped straight to the contender series from that and then made his debut on the main card of the UFC at UFC 245. So he went straight onto a, a pay-per-view card, beat Oscar Pachota there in the first round with a KO. And then you look on the other side with Todorovic, and it's a very similar uh, rise up for him. Came up fighting in Serbia, ended up on the Contender Series back in 2019, just like Soriano, a couple months apart. And then a second round KO for him against Daquan Townsend in his debut just a couple of months ago. So like you said, a long layoff for Soriano coming back into this one, but uh, still a guy that showed a lot of ability. And Todorovic was really impressive when we saw him just a couple months ago. For sure. And uh, what, what I noticed from T- Todorovic in his last fight is he likes to apply the pressure. And I think with, like you said, it won't last long because, in part because of the pressure that he likes to put on. So what are your keys for this matchup? I think Todorovic is going to want to keep this on the feet. And like you said, keep that pressure up. Soriano can handle himself on the feet. He's got plenty of power and he's got plenty of ability, uh, but he's a little bit more consistent on the ground than Todorovic is. Todorovic has a couple of uh, submission wins to his credit really early in his career. Hasn't had one in the last three years, Uh, but I got to give him credit there. I think Soriano would be best serve to take it there but I think these guys are really going to be in a position where whoever takes control of the pace early in this fight is going to have the best bet to win it I'm not even going to add anything to that my prediction Todorovic is getting this done by KO in the second round what about you Uh, we're on the same page there I think it's going to be I don't think this fight gets out of two rounds and I think Todorovic wins it all righty to the next bout of the evening, Joaquin Buckley versus Alessio Di Tirico. Joaquin Buckley coming off a nice win uh, against uh, the Beverly Hills. So- somebody from Beverly Hills. I can't remember his name. Let me let me check that real quick. All right. 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 That's right. He fought right. And Alessio Di Tirico coming off a loss against Zach Cummings, who we, whom we interviewed on the show. And I'll probably put that in the description. Alessio Di Tirico has a lot riding on this fight because if he loses this, he's on the chopping block for a roster cut. 
What are your thoughts on this matchup? I think this is going to be a great opportunity for Joaquin Buckley to take a step up in competition and fight somebody a little more uh, experienced. You know, uh, we obviously had the knockout of the year, uh, in my opinion, when he took down Impa Kasangane back on Fight Island in October. He turned around in November and picked up uh, a second round KO against Jordan Wright. So he's coming off back-to-back performances of the night bonuses since he lost to Kevin Holland in August. Uh, Buckley, honestly a guy that's really made a name for himself in 2020 uh, with four fights, one in the, one in LFA, three in the UFC, and he's looked great while he's done it. So I think this is an opportunity for Buckley to take a step up. Meanwhile, like you said, for Dietrico, uh, this might be the last shot for him to stick on this roster because he's been in the UFC for quite a while. He made his debut in 2016, but he's three and five in the UFC. That includes three straight losses. One of them was against Kevin Holland. You can't knock him for that. But now back-to-back losses uh, against Mahmoud Muradov and, like you said, Zach Cummings. Uh, so uh, Dietrich showed some promise in the past, has a performance of the night bonus. Uh, to his credit, a really spectacular uh, knockout with a knee back in 2017. But he just hasn't done it consistently. Uh, he's looked pretty rough as of late. I would say four losses if he – ends up falling to Buckley on Saturday it is probably the end of the line for him in the UFC. For sure. All right. Two keys. I think walking Buckley, I mean, it's, I think if he keeps it on the feet and controls the pace and pressure, he wins this fight. And if Dietrich, I think he, his ground game is a little more versed than walking Buckley. So if he finds himself in a situation, I think he could take him down. What, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think uh, that, that adds up pretty well. It's, uh, it's a mix of styles, but I think it's an opportunity for both of these guys uh, to really show what they've got. Dietrich because he has to, Buckley because he's trying to move up. All right. Predictions. I think I think Buckley gets it done and Dietrich gets cut. I think Buckley knocks him out in the first round. What do you have to say? I agree with you 100%. Joaquin Buckley, somebody to watch in 2021. Absolutely. So to an interesting matchup here in the welterweight division, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by this one. Uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio, he hasn't fought in a couple of years, but uh, who he has fought, it's been it's, it's pretty nice who, whom he has fought, and his, he has a nice resume. And Li Jinglang, um, sorry if I botched that, but he, he's, he's been on the outside looking in for a little while now. I think he's, if he wins this fight, he's into the top 15. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, two really interesting guys, Ponzinibbio, like you said, uh, a, um, really over a two-year layoff now, actually, since he beat Neil Magny. But the guy's 27-3. and three. And you look at uh, going back, he hasn't had a ton of big-name fights in the UFC. Uh, but the guys he's beaten, Neil Magny, Mike Perry, Gunnar Nelson, uh, Zach Cummings, who we just talked about, Court McGee, these are guys with legitimate places on the UFC roster. And I think he's going to continue to do that. He's a seven-year veteran of the UFC going back to 2013. So I, I think... Santiago Ponzinibbio is a really talented guy, trains with American top team, black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's got a ton of ability. He's just had a two-year layoff. He's finally coming back. He's had a bunch of fights canceled, too. Uh, Pulled out due to a staph infection when he was supposed to fight Robbie Lawler back in 2019. And you know that really saps guys a lot in terms of of, uh, their health. And it takes a long time to come back from something like that. Uh, he was supposed to fight Muslim Salakov initially in this fight. Li Jiang Lang uh, stepping in on short notice. So this will be an interesting one uh, just a- as a mix of styles. Jen Lang, uh, both of these guys' last fights actually came uh, against Neil Magny. And it was it was Lee losing to him uh, back in March. But he's 17-6. and six. 
uh, fights with China top team. He's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So uh, these are two guys with uh, some interesting backgrounds. You know, uh, Li Ji Lang, you don't see a lot of Chinese fighters in the UFC having high-level jiu-jitsu. He's got that. So this will be a really interesting matchup between these two. Yeah, and I think you make a good point there. I think, think you know, Lee's kind of out there when it comes to his skill set. He he has a he's very good with Chinese kickboxing and Chinese jacket wrestling. I mean, he he can do it all. And both these guys can do, do it all. They're both very well versed. But I think when it comes to keys, I think I think Lee uh, will probably favor the ground a little more against Santiago because Santiago has pretty heavy hands. So what are your thoughts on the keys? I have to agree with you there. Ponzinibbio, really strong hands, really good kickboxing. I mean, the guy trains for with American top team. What do you expect? And then Lee, like you said, will probably try to take this to the ground a little bit. He's a really well-versed fighter, which I've been really impressed with when I've seen him in, seen him in the past. All right, predictions. I think uh, Ponzinibbio gets back on track, finds himself against his top 15 opponent with a knockout. What do you have to say? I agree with you there. I think Ponzinibbio has a ton of talent. He's 34, but I think he's really just scratching the surface of what he can do. All right. To the co-main event of the evening, a 2013 welterweight title eliminator, Carlos Condit versus Matt Brown. Both of these guys on their final bouts of their contract. Really interesting fight. Uh, They were scheduled to fight seven years ago, but that didn't occur. But these two guys... Uh, we're, we're, they're getting, we're getting the fight we want, and I think it'll be a good one. What are your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, 36-year-old Carlos Condit, 40-year-old Matt Brown. Uh, again, this is this is like a, a dream fight coming back to, to 2013. Condit uh, coming off a win against Court McGee back in October. I remember previewing that, really doubting him coming into that fight, having lost five in a row but he really didn't lose to anybody that he shouldn't. I mean, Robbie Lawler in a fight for the UFC welterweight championship back in 2016, Damian Maya, Neil Magny, Alex Oliveira, Michael Chiesa. He didn't lose to anybody bad in that stretch. He took uh, pretty much 18 months off more than that, even before taking on court McGee. And he looked good in that fight. So uh, Condit's really, really on the bounce back right now. Uh, Matt Brown uh, fought once in 2020 against Miguel Baeza, was knocked out really early in the second round of that one. Honestly, I was really impressed by Miguel Baeza in that fight. That had very little to do with Matt Brown being over the hill. Uh, he had a two-fight two win streak coming into that. Uh, this is a really interesting fight because these are two guys with a ton of experience and a ton of ability. Matt Brown, uh, great on the ground, brown belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, brown belt in judo, uh, but still has really heavy hands. And Carlos Condit, Carlos Condit. You you get what you expect with Carlos Condit. So these two guys, a really interesting matchup, one that we've waited a really long time for. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. Uh, it won't be, I don't think there'll be as much fireworks as if it were fought eight years ago, but excited nonetheless. Uh, Keys, Matt Brown should probably bring this to the ground. I think if Carlos Connick can keep it standing, I think that's that'll be in his favor. What about you, man? Yeah, I agree with you there. It's, it's going to be a mix of styles uh, wherever the fight ends up. I think that's, that's who has the advantage, whether it be, uh, like you said, Brown to the ground, Connick on the feet. All right. What's your prediction? This is a tough one because these are two guys that have so much experience. And when you get these kind of fights, it's really hard to make any kind of guess as to as to who's going to take it. I lean Carlos Condit in this one. Uh, we saw Matt Brown, like I said, have some struggles with Baeza earlier in 2020. Uh, again, that was a really strong performance from Baeza. Matt Brown had some flashes there. But I'm going to give Condit the advantage here. He's four years younger, and I think he's going to be able to put Matt Brown, Matt Brown down in this fight. Not necessarily a finish, but I think he controls it from end to end, probably takes it in a decision. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you there. College conduct by decision. All right. To the main event of the evening. One of our favorites here on the show. Well, both of them. We love these guys both. Max Holly versus Calvin Cato. This is the fight we all want to see. And this is the perfect way to uh, kick off the year, I think. Max Holloway, former champ, losing three or four, but I can't blame him. He lost to Poirier, one of the greatest lightweights of all time. And Alex Volkanovsky twice, but he could have won the second one in some people's eyes. And Calvin Cater, probably the best boxer in the UFC right now. Steve Miocic is a close second, but though. What's your thoughts on this matchup? Like you said, two world-class guys at what they do. Uh, Holloway, so creative as a striker. Like you said, back-to-back losses in title fights against Volkanovski. The second one, a split decision that I thought Volkanovski won that fight, but I wouldn't have have had a problem with the judges giving that to Max Holloway. I went against Frankie Edgar before that. Again, like you said, the loss to Poirier, but he was moving weight divisions and fighting one of the best lightweights that there's ever been. On the other side, you've got Calvin Cater, who's been around for a long time uh, when it just comes to just fighting in general. Uh, but he's really starting to hit his stride in the UFC at the age of 32. Knocked off Danny Gay and Jeremy Stevens in 2020. And we all remember that elbow against Jeremy Stevens uh, to finish that fight off. He's really bounced back from his loss against Zabit in 2019. And he looks like a guy who's a legitimate contender in this division in 2020. I don't want to go out on a limb and make predictions for what guys are going to end up doing through all of 2021. But if I had to pick a guy that I think could end up end 2021 as my fighter of the year, I might put Calvin Cater's name down right now. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame you. What he showed in 2021, what in 2020 could definitely carry over to this next year. Cause he's only going to get better. I think uh, until he gets super old. And my thing with this fight, is when's the damage that Max Holloway has taken? When is it going to catch up to him? And I think with someone as refined as Calvin Cater who can hit those spots and pick and choose where he hits you, I don't. I'm I'm concerned for Max Holloway because he has he already has uh, the third most significant head strikes strikes taken in UFC history, and he's he just turned 29. So I think that damage might catch up to him soon. Hopefully not. I hope it doesn't because I love this guy, but. It's it might be only a matter of time. All right. What are your keys, man? Uh, if if Calvin Cater keeps this to a straight boxing match and puts this fight in a phone booth, then I think he's going to dominate. But if Max Holloway can stick and move, stay out of close range against Holloway or excuse me, against Cater, then I think it's going to be a really interesting fight. And it's probably going to go longer than people are expecting. Both of these guys have power. Both of these guys can cause fireworks. But I think Holloway can extend this fight and I think that's his best bet and if he can get creative with what he's doing and creative at keeping Cater at a distance uh, then that's going to be the key for him and and like I said if Cater mucks this up and gets in tight with with Holloway and just makes him trade shots with him then he's going to be in really good shape yeah I have to agree with you there and I think one thing that a lot of people overlook about Cater is his wrestling I think I find his wrestling to be underrated so I think if he does get in a sticky situation where he has to close different uh, distance quickly I wouldn't be surprised if he clinches him up against the fence because I think that I think that'll force Holloway to go into a phone booth and I think if, Hall- if Cater keeps us up against the fence I think it's all him all the whole fight all right what's your prediction well I probably alluded to it a little bit earlier saying that I might I would put Calvin Cater down as my prediction for fighter of the year 2021 I think he takes this fight I think he knocks Max Holloway out and I think he puts himself in position to be the next challenger for Alexander Volkanovsky. 
I can't dis I can't disagree with you. I, as much as I love Max Holloway, that I think that damage might catch up to him in this fight because of his boxing skills, like I stated previously. And I just think Calvin Cater's that good. I and I think when he when he does win this fight, he'll get that uh, next title challenge or a title eliminator because Ortega probably got it next. Anyway, that'll do it for our preview of Fight Night Holloway versus Cater. What news you got, man? Well, some interesting rule changes coming down from USADA. Um, updated rules, January 1st. Athletes will no longer be punished for testing positive for marijuana, which is Good. very interesting for a lot of guys. We've seen so many guys in the UFC get caught up in that. Nate Diaz, Matt Riddle a couple years ago. And we've seen guys leave the UFC and leave the limelight of MMA entirely because of that. And now there's a change being made between the UFC and the United States Anti-Doping Agency uh, that the UFC will no longer punish athletes for testing positive, positive for THC. And I, th I think now it's up to the commissions in each state to really let off on that, because I think with what the UFC and USADA have, you know, it's the Nevada State Athletic Commission that suspends you for it. So it, it's time for the Athletic Commission to, to stand up and uh just say, hey, we're not going to suspend people. I talked to Kevin Kroom last week, and he said, hey, pot's the best painkiller. You can't <laughs> – it doesn't make my stomach feel weird like ibuprofen does, and it doesn't enhance my performance. So yep. why not? Why is it not legal? So this is a huge first step, and I can't wait for uh, more. All right. my I want to bring uh, – John Jones is officially 250 pounds of lean, Ugh. mean, fighting machine – and oh, he is no. ready for anyone. <laughs> That's terrifying. John Jones at 250 pounds is absolutely terrifying because, uh, like, uh, let me let me look this up real quick because, you know, John Jones, uh, his whole story coming into his UFC career was that he was, like, uh, the the little brother that never, never was, like, up to the same caliber as his NFL playing brothers. His bro his older brother Chandler Jones that plays for the the Arizona Cardinals is a 6'5 265 pound defensive end. And if John Jones is anywhere near as quick as his brother is at that size, people are going to get absolutely messed up in the UFC heavyweight division. <laughs> because if the genes run deep in that family, the quick twitch athleticism that John Jones is going to keep by bulking up that much is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. I'm, I'm scared for this division and it's, you know, people are saying John Jones is old. I'm like, not for heavyweight. No, <laughs> he's just, this is where they just get started. And I think, yeah, I don't know. I think Francis or Stipe is in for a long, a long fight when the time comes. Exactly. That's the thing. People talk about John Jones being old at, at 33 years old no he's just been around that long like Francis Ngannou is the new hot face in the UFC heavyweight division over the last couple of years he's older than John Jones he's 36 yeah he's he's a year older than John Jones John Jones is 30 33 Ngannou's 34 like Stipe's 38 and he's the best heavyweight on the planet right now like people need to stop like boxing that stuff in like and, and god was older than jones which yeah. is ridiculous and and adesanya is saying you know he's like john jones is old i'm like no he's not. no he's not you're two years younger than he is dude be quiet you yeah know? and i, I would love i just want to see that fight because i think john jones would just have his way with him like i don't <laughs> probably yeah and 
speaking of that, uh, I can't wait for him to get uh, his head blasted off by Blahovich. I think that's that's bound to happen. But that's just we'll get there come March. We'll, we'll get there in due time. We'll get there in due time. We'll get there in due time. <laughs> um, Nate Diaz uh, is going to move down to fifty-five. I thought Ooh. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. But speaking of Nate Diaz, Paul Felder said if they gave him a Nate Diaz fight, he'd take it, which is interesting. I'd be I'd be all in for that. Yeah. I'm gonna be completely honest. I'd love that. Or Tony Tony Ferguson wants Nate Diaz, and I'd yeah. Any of those. Any of anything. Those. Anything. Um what I I, oh, I think uh, the UFC the UFC probably can't make a Justin Gaethje Nate Diaz fight because as much as Nate Diaz bleeds, they would have to replace the entire octagon between fights if that's not the main event. Yeah, yeah, that that's 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 my concern. Like, will the fight won't be past two rounds if, especially with if he fights Tony Ferguson. Let's be honest yeah. here, if, <laughs> the fight's not going anywhere. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but employees at assisted living facility accused of inciting residents to fight each other there you go <laughs> keep them in shape keep keep <laughs> keep them in shape good lord look at how many people out here look at how many people out here are doing muay thai and brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, to to have consistent exercise who says the elderly can't get in on it uh, i don't i don't blame them i don't i don't blame them um yeah I, I don't have anything else you got anything else i'm i'm all set man yeah definitely um you can catch me writing on uh bloodycanvas.net um uh, i write pieces here and there um where can people catch you besides on here daniel uh, you can find me on twitter at daniel woods wv it's gonna be a pretty well-rounded sports situation there um Hockey season just started, and despite living in West Virginia, I'm for some reason a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. There's going to be a lot of tweets about that. And uh, college basketball, college football, MMA, you're going to get it all. So follow me at Daniel Woods WV on Twitter. And, uh, you know, anything anything I pop up on elsewhere, you're going to find on that Twitter feed. So that's that's the best way to figure out where I'm at. Yeah, same. Uh, Jacob Janoski, MMA, you can find me there. Um, but I still post a lot about college basketball. Um, pretty much anything NFL football, but you know, yeah. All right. Well, Daniel, thanks for coming back. Next one's a hundred. Sure. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys later.